Magnificent morning, folks. This is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast. Her is an acronym for heroic, empowering, and resilient. And we are a self-improved, self-acceptance, women empowerment podcast. Our main purpose is to encourage, empower, and motivate all women by highlighting their personal stories of triumph over adversity. Each of us has a story. Maybe it's an illness, a financial burden, or a dead-end job. In general, unforeseen circumstances can make you feel isolated or alone. But when you feel like you've hit rock bottom, it doesn't mean that it is the end of your story. It is often within the darkest nights we produce the brightest stars. There are women out there who have gone through the very same barriers you are facing today, but they didn't give up. In fact, they use their difficulties to mold them into strong and resilient women. And if they can break through their hardships, so can you. Because you are her. Heroic, empowering, and resilient. Peace, love, and light. Good morning, folks. Again, it is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast. I am grateful for those tuning in today. This week's guest is an entrepreneur, an advocate, a career woman centered in her love for God, community, and children. I have with me today, Miss Taji Wright. Taji, welcome to Her Story Podcast. How thank are you? you? Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Super excited to have you today. And for folks who don't know, this is your first time tuning in on Her Story. We highlight women throughout the country as they share their journeys to success. Despite difficulties or uncertainties, they still prevail. We prevail. And of course, we succeed and we accomplish because we are women. We succeed. We get the job done, period. Okay. And for the past few months, I've partnered with some amazing folks such as Ashley Little for a project, the HBCU Experience, where we capture the experiences of past alumni and how their stories have been impacted and shaped their life to success. And recently, a sister project was launched, the HBCU Experience, the Queen Edition. Now, if you didn't attend an HBCU, you may not know the importance within the legacy that is deep-rooted within tradition and the royal court. Now, myself, I was Miss Freshman of Southern University in 2008-2009, and an HBCU, HBCU queen is much more than just the face of the class or university, right? We are a family. We create innovative ideas, we educate, and we fight for the success and development of our schools. With that being said, I am so happy to share the story and journey of Taji Wright, who is a proud graduate of Texas Southern University, serving as the 65th Miss Texas Southern University, reigning during the 2011-2012 school year. She is considered an edu-advocate as a co-founder of a personalized learning middle school in Dallas, Texas. Her STEM background enables her to specialize in turnaround innovation, a school that allows her to work to turn around urban schools through a lens of intentional pedagogy and personalized learning. Her ongoing journey in education has proven that all kids, regardless of family structures, language barriers, or prior failures can rise to meet the high expectations set forth. She approaches her craft with authentic passion, content mastery, and compassion for the holistic student. Thank you, Taji, for all that you do. And I'm excited just to dive into your story 
as I'm reading pieces of your bio, I see so many things that we connect with. Um, so for one, you know, my love for advocacy and community engagement began when I attended Southern University. I'm a proud graduate of the Southern University and A&M College in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. As I mentioned, I was Miss Freshman. I ran for Miss Southern. Um, a lot of the things that influenced my career path now, it began at Southern, you know, from organizing on the state capital steps to running for Miss Freshman and Miss SU to community service in Greek life. So how do your experience as a queen impact your career path? First of all, shout out to the swag. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, shout out to Southern in, in the swag uh, conference. You know what? Um, we really talked about how being at an HBCU and how my reign um, shows evidence in preparing me for where I am now. I cannot, I cannot fully articulate how um, purposeful God is in our lives. You yes. know what I mean? Like, I really had the opportunity to, you know, as a campus queen, I was the advocate, I was the bridge builder, I was the connector between. Uh, the student body and administration and what's so beautiful and what you have already beautifully articulated about an HBCU queen is that it's the beauty of that person. They are literally a figure on campus who is stepping in to uh, speak for the students and who is placed in so many different situations where you're having to um, create dialogue about things that need to be changed or you have to um, advocate for children or for uh, students, rather, who may not necessarily know how to, you know, walk through or uh, matriculate through that passage. And you're a trailblazer, and you've learned how to deal with criticism um, before you've stepped into a boardroom where people are going to judge you in so many other ways. I mean, that experience alone has really taught me how heavy it is to have a title, how heavy it is to be a leader, how to shine under pressure, and how to continue to push forward even when all bets are against you. Um, I would have I wouldn't have chosen any other route to continue to grow other than the nurturing environment of a historically black college and yes. university. And I mean, it's just, cause I can go on and on, but it's, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey. Yes. No, I love it. I love it. And I love how, you know, everything that you said, it really is connected to your values centered within your passion. Everything just flew out so smoothly and so fluently. And it really is a reflection of PSU. It's a reflection of the love that really exudes within an HBCU in a university. You know, what we are taught, the pride that we hold and the resiliency and being able to fight and overcome anything. And again, to piggyback off of what you said, I absolutely 
love me attending Southern University as an undergrad and I would not have chosen it any other way, right? You know, people often, they criticize HBCUs and in terms of sometimes just this false narrative that the media likes to portray and things like that. But what I'm very grateful for is the positivity. We're we're sharing various stories of alumni who are proud and centered within their uh, institution and how that reflects who they are and how strong they stand within the workplace, within their career, and how they present themselves today. And that's the positivity and the things that we need to continue to do to uplift those stories of those who attended um, historically black colleges, okay? So thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. And I also, I'm so interested in your love for advocacy. And again, bringing it back to my own personal experience, when I was in undergrad, you know, you don't always have all the answers, right? And when I was there just trying to figure out what is my love, what is my purpose, what is my passion, I was introduced to so many amazing people at my school. And it was me being the connecting dots in between so many different things, recognizing the intersectionality across the boards of SGA and within advocacy and within community organizing, what really centered me into who I am as a person today. And so um, my life goal is to work for a cause much greater than myself, right? My favorite quote is by Dr. Martin Luther King. It's use me, God, show me how to take who I am, who I want to be, what I can do, use it for a purpose greater than myself. I live by this. I repeat this on a daily. It is on the screensaver within my phone. And there are wow, many. I need that. Yes. I need that. Yes. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And that quote really holds so much truth to me when I was going through a rough path of trying to figure out and center myself within my purpose. But again, there are many paths to liberation and freedom in regards to uplifting the black community, right? And I think that first steps begins in the house and community and amongst the youth and through education. So when did you first begin to work with children and create different pathways within the education system? Absolutely. Um, to be honest with you, I ran from this gift. Um, I knew my mom knew and identified this even when I was a little girl. She identified it when I go. I used to go in there and grab all of my snacks out of the cabinet. Um, and she would go grocery shopping once a month. And so I would go and grab all those snacks, take it down to the uh, park, put all the kids and my friends in a circle, and literally share the same lesson that I was taught at school that day. And Love if they it. did well, I gave them uh, all of my snacks. <laughs> and as she stood, like, super frustrated because she knew once they were gone, they were gone. Um, but she also identified that gift. And over, you know, when you're being raised by, like, a single parent, the first thing in your mind is that you want to secure, um, you know, creating a an opportunity for you to be able to take care of yourself. And I did not think that being an educator was going to do that for me. And so initially, um, I did not think that being an educator was going to do that for me. And initially, I actually um, decided to uh, go to pharmacy school at Texas Southern. I was going to go to pharmacy school and, uh, made, and do a minor in education. 
and that didn't necessarily work out because all of my scholarships were basically from, from leadership. And um, so, honestly, I think the fact that I am now an educator, it started about seven years ago when I decided to come home. And there was this amazing uh, message that my pastor had preached. And he was talking about step in your purpose and do what you need to do and God will take care of the rest. Yes. And, Ooh, I um, love that. I truly like truly step in um, becoming a teacher when I was I would recruit and get kids to come on board to, for an upward bound program and I realized the gap in the writing and uh, some of the schools were in the southern sector of Dallas which a lot of the kids just did not have the support and I said what am I doing in terms of like you know uh, recruiting children when I think I need to go to the classroom so I can have more of an impact in terms of the skills they need in order to be competitive and that's when that began um, as a I wanted to teach for America I wanted to come back to the community in which I was raised in and God had favored me because um, usually they would send you all over the nation but God had truly favored me to teach in my hometown and I just remembered um, with all the things that lined up as a classroom teacher, um, I realized then that this is a system and it's a faulty system. Right. Because parents do want their children to be successful and teachers want kids to be successful and principals and everyone else wants the next generation to do what they need to do. And the issues are not just uh, about the people that's in that building. It's a system in which the kids are actually, um, it's a system in which the kids are, you know, set, are really set up to be a part of that um, they didn't choose to be a part of. And the inequity in terms of access of materials and things of that nature, I noticed that as a classroom teacher and I felt that if I was a part of a movement, to create another environment where all kids have access to a quality education as a co-founder, I wanted to continue to uh, create and trailblaze in that journey. And as I saw that then, I realized that there's other systems that are playing into how um, parents would love more uh, for their children and children would want more but they're not necessarily feeling empowered enough to go to the table or to go. And so me as educators, it allows me to be able to really have those uh, tough conversations that all children need in order for them to meet the goals. Um, it was really important that you stated that, you know, initially there was a system that was created for that intentionally wasn't meant for a certain demographic of folks, right? When we look at black and brown communities, when we look at, communities who are impoverished, where there are a lack of resources and things, and there are failing school systems. It is our responsibility as folks who do have the, the education, who have the resources, who have the capabilities of leveraging the work and positively influencing our children and investing in our children in our communities that we do so. And it was very important to you that you say that you could have the opportunity to give back to your hometown. And I feel the exact same way. You know, I'm currently in New Orleans, Louisiana. I am from Louisiana, but I'm, I'm from a, a small rural town, Napoleonville, Louisiana. And just this past weekend, I spoke to a young group of ladies. Uh, it's important for me to mentor different young women 
prior to that, when I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I was a uh, partner with the Big Buddy program and mentored different high school students, both girls and um, young men who were within the program. So it is very important that we uplift our youth, that we educate our youth. And outside of Her Story podcast, I'm also a community advocate within voting rights, within amplifying the voices of black and brown communities. I work with an organization, the Power Coalition for Equity and Justice. And our main focus is to ensure that, you know, we are providing resources to folks, that we are educating folks, that we are amplifying their voices by creating changes within policy and advocating on certain policies. So I definitely connect with you with that. And I think that's a beautiful thing that you are starting within the youth and that you are starting by creating your very own, right? When something is is wrong or when, when it's broken, it's important for us to, again, create something that we know can work for us, by us, especially when we come from those very same communities. So, um, Outside of the classroom, your fight for equity continues as you serve on the leadership board for Dallas Core. So what exactly is Dallas Core and what's its purpose? So Dallas Core is a community organizing group grounded in truth and equity. Uh, we leverage the power of organized people in diverse communities to create lasting equitable systems in Dallas for all children. And so essentially, it's a lot of people who are friends of education. So they may not necessarily be in the classroom, but they also have a passion and a connecting point to making sure that um, we're, make, we're providing resources and equitable systems and reminding decision makers about the importance of um, kids just getting what they need. You know what I mean? And so I'm really excited about it because it gives me another perspective and I'm able to bring that perspective back to the community. A lot of people say that, oh, this person, you know, this leader does not mean well, or um, this particular decision didn't, uh, was not the best decision. And it really puts you in a place of empathy and understanding the, the heaviness of the, the decisions that have to be made. And it also reminds you that people only make decisions based off of their perspective of the situation. And if you do not provide them with a perspective, um, that about an, an additional perspective, then they're going to continue to make those decisions based off of what they were taught when they were raised, the things that were handed down from their grandparents, uh, their own realities. And that's why the things that are being done right now is just so troubling and um, affects people on so many levels. It's because this, uh, decision makers are only making decisions based off of their reality and perspective and they just need more people to provide another one in order for them to feel open to making another or a better decision yeah so, I love um, that. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and, it, and it's exciting work I mean it, it tells me that it's just the same thing when you teach a child you want that child to be empowered to go out and do what they need to do you don't want uh, for that child to always think that Miss Wright has to be around in order for me to be able to be successful. And that's the same with community organizing. Now that I'm aware, I'm going to go back, pull some more of the teachers, get some more parents, get some students at the table for them to feel empowered to articulate their perspective and their story. And it really reminds me, like even going back to the HBCU arena and the impact it reminds me of when Jeff Johnson from, uh, at the time from BET came to our campus. And um, at the ceremony, he spoke about 
how a lot of us went to uh, the HBCU. We were first year or first generation college students. And we're, even though it's all good for you to graduate, get your job and get your um, a 4.5 bedroom home or, you know, and to get your nice car or what have you, the biggest impact is actually for you to go back to your community, get your cousin, empower them, allow them to see you in your letters, allow them to see you with your university shirt on, allow them to see the impact that you are making um, you know, that you have learned, learning here, um, to take that back to your community. And so the fact that I was able to come back to Dallas and I felt and experienced inequity when I was coming up, but now I'm able to put myself in a situation where I can advocate on a broader spectrum, um, because of that foundation that I've learned at HBCU is to go back to your community and to make a bigger impact. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, as you said that it's important that we always plant seeds, right? We're supposed to plant seeds and the importance of influence is real. You know, someone may be on, maybe on the fence within a decision or within decision-making, or sometimes folks may feel like, you know, do I have what it takes to be a part of something, to be a part of an organization, to be a part of a school? And so meeting people where they are, really educating them. And I always say that within organizing, I'm not going to talk at someone, right? I'm going to talk with someone. I'm going to hear their stories, hear their experiences, hear how we can collaborate and help each other and uplift each other and influence them to um, really make decisions within a positive way. And even when we think about college or when we think about the institutions or the schools that folks choose, I'm always going to uplift an HBCU above everything. But, but, you know, um, it's, again, still just important for us to have these conversations and just be a positive influence because, again, Sometimes we see things may not be um, highlighted in a positive light, but as you said, we are standing strong within our path, within our career. We are the firsthand experience and reflection of what HBCUs produce. You know, we may not even be given all of the resources that other state institutions receive, but we still produce greatness. We still connect and create different revenues and pathways that some things may, some people may not even imagine, you know, so um, anything is possible. And it's, again, very important that we have these conversations with our younger generation, with the youth, with our family members and those that are from our our towns and our communities. So um, I think that... You know, the Dallas Core Initiative, that's great. That It's great. I love it. And I love, you know, your fight within equity and, and continuing to serve through leadership. So thank you for that. Um, and that, that's not the only thing that you have underneath your belt, right? Okay, Taji, she does it all, honey. <laughs> and um, it's another project, you know, uh, along with your advocacy and your love for children, you have your very own personal project. You're the creator of Forever 31 Ruby. So, you know, God is uh, centered in my life, right? Everything I do, all glory and praise to God. And 
it's important for me personally to have a, a relationship and that everything that I do, my projects, my work that is centered within God and within his word, and it's connected to my passion through him. So please share what Forever 31 Ruby is and what is his purpose and how has God impacted and shaped your life to further this project? Absolutely. Um, Forever 31 Ruby is based on the millennial virtuous woman. We are reclaiming our crown one jewel at a time. Um, and so that particular, when, when we talk about the Forever 31 Ruby, we talk about the Proverbs 31 woman, Proverbs 31 and 10. And it, it says, who can find a virtuous woman? For she is far more valuable uh, valuable than rubies. And um, when I think about that, I thought about my own journey. Um, when I literally turned 31 and I was just, kind of getting into some situations. I was going into relationships and looking for validation um, from people who could not even validate themselves. Um, and I was constantly trying to, uh, being aligned with people. You know how, how it is when you're trying to, you're trying to live right, but you're also wrong all in, all in one and you're intertwined and you, you know, you're great. You're not all black, you're not right, all right. white, you're mm-hmm. not pull somebody over to your side and say, why don't you do this? It was just so much. And um, I knew, now I understand that that was really the enemy deterring me from this time right now. Um, he was deterring me from the purpose in terms of really, truly understanding that um, the value and the rubies um, that I am and I encompass, as long as I distract her with finding validation through other people, um, she will forever stay away from who is she, who she's meant to be, which is ultimately the Proverbs 31 woman. Um, and then honestly, to be, to be fully transparent, it's not something to where I'm a perfect person. Like you mentioned earlier, I, I felt inadequate numerous times, but it's, it's something within you that you continue to fight and you continue to push forward. And even when your knees are shaking, and your voice is quivering, you still say, this can happen. And then God continues to give you little reminders to say that you are capable. And he begins to open up doors that nobody else can open up because he understands, you know, because he's reminding you that you belong there and you're supposed to be sitting here and you're supposed to be in this room. Um, and so that whole journey of that whole full year of literally dating me, right? I have a hashtag, a hashtag called date you boo. And I just remember when I used to be insecure about going to uh, out to eat and dinner or whatever with, um, without alone. But now I can travel on a trip <laughs> by myself out of the country. Um, not now with COVID, but right. still mm-hmm. I can, I'm able to do those things because I truly sat with myself and I quit putting all that responsibility on somebody to send me a good morning text. And saying how you doing and checking on me and and buying me dinner or whatever, and I put that responsibility on me. If I'm expecting this person to do all of these things, but yet I don't do that for myself, that means that I need to redirect my focus and my energy and focus on truly loving me with all the things that I have going on. I'm truly accepting me for who I am. And that relationship and that part of being a a complete woman in terms of the Proverbs 31 woman, where she not only was a beautiful woman, but she was a boss. Um, She was not only a boss, but she was also meek 
and respectful enough to honor her husband and to be uh, to prioritize her children. I mean, there's so many levels of being a boss and to being an amazing woman and acquire uh, financial stability. Um, and everybody is calling her blessed. And to also be bad to the bone in terms of her clothes because her threads were just, you know, the fabric that she wore and she put on her body were the best of the best. There's so many elements of ourselves that we definitely need to uh, strive to become that forever 31 type of woman. Yes. And, you know, that is one of the prayers that I, I pray on myself as I'm within like my single journey. You know, um, I'm 30 years mm-hmm. old. I've accomplished so much in terms of my education and my career, but I'm continuously learning myself and learning to be comfortable mm-hmm. within being alone and learning to mm-hmm. also pray over um, Proverbs 31. Right. And that that's a, a pivotal mm-hmm. verse within within my life and a chapter within my life as well. So, um, you know, the the purpose of realizing who you are, loving who you are, coming to the realization of loving and accepting who you are when you look at yourself in the mirror. You know, we can have the different perceptions or views of how others may look and see who we are, but only we know who we truly are. You know, our our character mm-hmm. is a reflection of who we are. God's love and grace as it flows through us, it's all a reflection in who you are within your career, how you how well you keep you keep your home your financial security you know who you are as a wife Mm -hmm. a mother all of those things are connected solely within your foundation and so uh Mm -hmm. i think forever 31 ruby it's it's a great project i know as well um there are are daily or weekly uh gems seeds that you drop can you give, give me more information about that absolutely um, so there's daily uh, reminders, and I take everyone on that journey of day chubu. And so when we go into different restaurants and we explore, like, these are uh, two ways to date, you, date yourself, you know, in Dallas. Well, when you're talking about uh, skin care, and that's a part of self-care and dating yourself, and or traveling to the Grand Canyon, you're able to truly see, like, uh, weekly ways that you can refocus yourself and really truly court your purpose and how that plays out in life and just practical advice um and what i've noticed is that you know when we're in the church and there's a lot of things that you have scriptures and things of that nature and that's oh i love that that's part of my foundation but it's also important to provide real practical advice of how to maintain your focus and how to maintain your purpose and truly allowing God to help you become closer and closer to that Proverbs 31 woman. Um, so I do have an Instagram. It's called Forever 31 Ruby. I have um, a lot of uh, Facebook posts. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I have a YouTube channel uh, with a lot of different messages. And all of that is truly taking uh, everyone on that journey and then joining me on that journey as we continue to date you boo. <laughs> yes, I love that entire concept that, you know, it's a really, um, it's a really dope concept in learning who you are as a woman and, and growing within your walk through Christ. So, um, you know, that's a, a beautiful project that you are able to coordinate the two because they definitely relate their hand in hand, you know. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, what what advice, you know, going back to an HBCU and how that has shaped you into for every 31 Ruby, how that has shaped you to do Dallas Core and, you know, in your mm-hmm. advocacy measures, what advice do you give to young ladies interested in attending an HBCU? So the first thing I would do, I would, um, the first set of advice that I would give them is to be true to your journey, right? Um, because I wasn't supposed to be at TSU initially. I wanted to go to Spelman. Um, so even though I wanted to go to an HBCU, there's a perfect HBCU for you. Right. And whatever the best school that's best for you and have the tools in order to grow you as an individual what i received at texas southern is um is not probably what i would have received at spelman and it's no not because there's a difference in the two schools it's really because your journey is yours right and um and i i'm just excited on the fact that everything that you called out was so aligned everything like when i went to tsu and and I had and I was so blessed to become an HBCU queen. Being on that platform and the pressure that I've learned to interview, all of that encompassed with leading under pressure, all of that encompassed with advocating, all of that encompassed me educating, all of that put me in the situation to do exactly what I'm doing today. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I and I cannot like I cannot. I stress the importance of really truly when you're thinking about the college that you want to go to and you're thinking or trying to choose between the HBCU to go to, I want you to truly think about your journey. And even if you may not necessarily know where God is going to take you, be obedient enough to just follow when the door is open for you. Yes. Be obedient enough to just Walk follow when door the door is open. open. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Follow that, you know, because when you follow, I've gotten to the point now I've seen God work in so many miraculous ways, you know, and I just see how he speaks to me and he protects me and he loves me. And and all that is because he truly, I, I said, I want to follow in the direction, in the door that you have opened for me and any other door that's not truly for me take it out of the way and so that's i just want to make sure that people understand that you know we're in the we're in the realm of social media everybody's comparing this and comparing that and all these different successes but you really have to be true to your journey because your journey is connected to your purpose and when you are not connected to your journey that is connected to your purpose you are wasting a life in which you have the power to impact the world. Most definitely. And, you know, I, I really um, admire how you were able to answer that question in terms of the importance of not comparing yourself, right? Or not comparing your journey because everyone's journey is completely different. And who knows that you would have been in the pathway that you are today if you would have attended Spelman, you know? And um, I saw this one meme on Instagram. I think it was something that was centered on uh, Jay-Z and how when he initially began his career, um, he was let down, you know, by uh, multiple uh, 
recording companies and uh, failed attempts with different ARs who said that, you know, his sound wasn't really perfected or that they weren't interested within his sound. And now, you know, he is a billionaire. I'm not saying that resources and money is values your success at all, but it's just that everyone's journey is different. So what, what someone may not see in you that doesn't uh, defy who you are as a person, right? That doesn't mean that, that you aren't a, a person of greatness. Only thing that that means mm-hmm. is that your foundation and your journey is not to be compared to someone else's. You can't say that you're not a successful person because at the age of 30 years old, you know, you don't have that dream home or you don't have that dream car or the image that is being portrayed on social media by other folks that you're not there yet because you don't know that person's story. They may have had someone who is helping them, you know, some it's, it's very, um, ironic that you know that this day and age when we think about you know being a boss being an entrepreneur having uh you know these multiple platforms and things like that that people are quick to say you know i did it on my own and that's not always necessarily the truth because i can't do anything on my own without god you know you have you have to have something or someone that is going to be the driving force behind you you're going to have someone who may be helping you along the way i think the importance in creating different uh success and pathways for people is to ensure that you do have a circle of go-getters to influence you that you do have a mentor to look up to and to plant seeds and to provide you with the resources and that when you pass on on these different resources and these tools that there shouldn't be a competition within that either. You know, sometimes you may have folks who are interested in helping someone as long as they quote unquote aren't on their level. But if they arise above their level, then there's some sense of competition. There should never be a sense of competition. There should never be a sense of comparison. Focus on yourself. But can we talk about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because, you know, you the fact that you talked about like everybody's journey is different, right? And so when I think about that, I think about um, this message I just heard this morning by uh, my pastor, Bishop T.D. Jake. And when I, uh, he was talking about bone to bone, right? There's, there's no way that you would connect a knee bone to a neck bone. Right. It just won't flow, right? You connect the knee bone to the bones that are in your leg because that's when it flows. And a lot of things that happen is that people begin to force things that are not organically meant to be. Yes. And that translates in every area of our life, whether it's professionally. Like, there's so many things that I did not have to force that I am dealing with right now. It's because I did not force it. I knew within me to say, because sometimes you have to know within yourself, So because people are not going to always see what you embody. But I've always known every time I've been looked over, oh, um, in my mind, oh, you just don't know who I am yet. But I know who I am. And I know whose I am. You just don't know who I am yet. And that's fine. I'm going to give you time to see. I used to tell my students every day, I said, you know, guys, I'm here. I show up every day. This job is incredibly hard. But you don't know who you have standing in front of you right now. It's like, I don't know or see fully who I have been in front of me. But I just want you to really honor this time that we have right now and to honor this opportunity that we have to develop. 
to create that person that we're going to be. And you have to know that from the inside, that way you won't constantly be trying to force things that's not supposed to be to happen. Right. Whether that's in your career, in relationships, um, in every facet of your life. If you're forcing it and it's not supposed to be, you have to be obedient enough and know yourself and just walk in the doors that are open and not try the ones that are meant to be shut. Yes, yes. Can you repeat that last line for me? Walk in the door that is open. Absolutely. We need to make sure that we're walking in the door and be so self-assured to know that walking we're walking in the door that are meant to be open instead of trying to open the doors that are meant to be shut. Yes, I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Taji, for sharing that. Um, I know you mm-hmm. mentioned that Forever 31 Ruby, that is your Instagram. Can you share what is your Facebook and your YouTube channel so that people can tune in, can follow you? Absolutely. Um, Forever 31 Ruby is consistent, again, uh, with all platforms. So on Facebook, just type in Forever 31 Ruby, and it's all one word. Um, And as well as on uh, YouTube, Forever 31 Ruby, it's all one word. And um, I'm excited because, you know, I would love to welcome more people on this journey. And I am understanding that in this purpose, it's the reason why I'm in this phase of my life, because I know that God has put me in a position to be his vessel to show what he can do. And I would love to invite everyone on that journey Um, and, and, you know, and for us to all come together and collaborate and to really share jewels of wisdom. Yes. Love it. So, you know, folks, if you are listening right now, please uh, follow Taji at Forever 31 Ruby, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, I think that the lessons and the topics that we discussed today, they're important for young men and women, you know, male and female to get tuned in, inspired and motivated. And again, you know, just shout out, shout out to the HBCUs, shout out to the SWAC, shout out to TSU and SU, um, okay. you know, just for, for creating <laughs> and producing greatness. This is awesome. So again, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share. Awesome. Awesome. And so audience, you know, in closing, just always remember that your story is not solely for you. And it's meant to be shared with other women, with other people, just to provide hope to those facing similar situations or hurdles. You don't have to be ashamed and you definitely don't have to be afraid to share your journey, to share your story. You are a victor, you are a winner, and you will not be defeated. You declare growth and prosperity over your life and troubles do not last always. You are brilliant, bold, beautiful, her, heroic, empowering and resilient so you know if you are uh empowered encouraged motivated in any way please share tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in her story is available on apple Podcasts, on google play as well as soundcloud and follow me at her story underscore podcast on instagram and this is jay jameson with her story podcast and we're out